I really love that skit because it does illustrate uh, how absurd it is to not walk in the freedom that Jesus Christ gave us. You know, the, the whole purpose of everything that we've been talking about as far as the crucifixion and the resurrection and what it means is because Christ set us free. But a lot of times we're not living like that. And that's what I want to talk about tonight is that freedom of the, and the purpose of his death and resurrection. Can you please turn to Luke 4? And if I haven't met you yet, my name's Nancy. I'm the pastor at Searchlight. Luke 4. He is risen. Amen? Amen and hallelujah. Praise God. He is risen. Today is the day that we are celebrating that. It is the most exciting day as far as the, mo- the, the most spiritually significant holiday of the entire year because our lives were all changed radically because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice and his resurrection. If he had stayed dead, we wouldn't have the life that we have today, but he didn't stay dead. He got up. Um, Let's go to Luke 4, and we see, because I really want to focus today on the freedom, because that really is the purpose of all of that, and we can live free, because we are. In Luke 4, in verse 18, it talks about Jesus is, is reading the scroll in Isaiah. Actually, we'll start in verse 17, 417. It says, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. One of the big things that is that Jesus Christ came to so that we would be free and, and we are free from sin. We are free from every single thing that we've ever done before and everything that we are going to do. It has been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And yet over and over again, how many of us try and keep paying for it? How many of us feel like we've got to earn our way into the heart of God over and over again that we keep ourselves separated from God and from his love? You know what? That's just never been the will of God. The will of God is for us to know that and to receive the gift. To not just be, no, 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 that's too much. It's too good. It's too good. I get it. We're undeserving. That is the truth. But God did it out of his great love for us. Let's go to Romans 8. Actually, in Galatians, we're going to go to Romans. But in Galatians, it says, it's for freedom that Christ set us free, which is kind of fun. (laughs) That... The purpose of him setting us free is for freedom. There's not like a hook. There's not like a, I set you free so that you could come to church and so that you could be good boys and girls for me or so that you could, you know, do my, do my thing. There, it's not like a manipulation that, that Jesus Christ set us free. It is for freedom. Actually, God is the free will God. And how many times do we not think about him that way? Or that we've, we've heard other people talk about God as if he's some big control mogul in the sky that's trying to be the puppet master and pull all of our strings. It really is that God values freedom. He values that he's given us the choice. He absolutely gave us his son, his only son that was most precious, that we get to, and we get to choose whether we love him back or not love him back. 
and God wouldn't want it any other way. In Romans 8, in verse 1, it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's how much condemnation? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I don't think you believe that. That's a wimpy no. Let's try that one again. There is therefore now what? No, no condemnation. Oh, that was way better. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ... Jesus, gosh, I can't see. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Jesus Christ set us free. And if we're free, we're free indeed. It says, we live so often. Anybody struggle with guilt or shame? They're one of the most debilitating things that there are. Talk about something that holds you back is feeling like we've got to pay the price. It's we want to live in the reality of the fact that we don't deserve it. It's true. But it's been done. It has been paid for. We've been bought with a price. So God does not want us to live in the sense of feeling the, the condemnation or shame. It doesn't help. I think a lot of us think that there's some kind of benefit to living in shame, that somehow it's a motivator, it's going to inspire us. It's not true. It doesn't work. It's a, it's a lie. I think sometimes we trick ourselves because of the harsh voices is, and, and all of the judgment and all of that, and we think, oh, well, maybe it makes us do a few things for a little while, but you can't endure. It's exhausting. God actually set it up that we're free and don't have to pay the price for sin, actually, so that we could feel free to live for him. But that it's a choice. It's not something that we have to do. It's not something that we have to earn our way into God's heart. You know, a lot of times I know that, like, yeah, we even avoid God because we're feeling crummy about ourselves or places that we've fallen short, that we hide from God. You know, that breaks God's heart. This was the purpose of Jesus Christ and his giving his life for you and for me. God didn't want, it says actually when he was crucified, that the veil in the temple was ripped. That was the thing that, that kept people separated from God in the temple. The holy of holies, the inner dwelling place of God, that that veil was ripped because Jesus Christ paid the price so we have total access to God. So we don't have to get it all together before we go to God. It's not, you can't do it anyway. It's just you're fooling yourself if that's, you know, what you think. Because God's arms are outstretched to each and every one of us right now. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life. Wow. See, didn't that sound better than the set me free from the law of sin and death? For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so condemn sin and the sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law may be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the spirit. So the th reason why the law doesn't work, the law and the concept of the law is that you do everything right and you can stand before God. You know, you, now, the problem with it the, 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 is that that's not doable. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way. You know, and all that it does, if you think about it, if we're trying to earn our way into God's heart, all that it does 
is either promotes denial or arrogance. You know, it's just sort of because you're either saying like, well, because there's no such thing as living perfectly or li living a life that doesn't have sin, so all we do is sort of compare ourselves and say our sins are not so bad as other people's. You know, because we're basically good people, so we're deserving. Or we go the other route where we just feel like garbage and like horrible about ourselves. So there's no win in the law. The law is weak because of the fact that we all have sin nature. So we can't live up to that. So that's why we needed Jesus Christ. You know, and so when we think about the analogy of jail, there are two ways that I want to look at that we live like we're still in prison, that we live out the skit. <laughs> that, um, and one way is when we are trying to earn our way into God's heart, when we are trying to get it together enough before we go to God, when we keep away from God and separate ourselves because of shame or guilt and think, oh, you know, I'll just somehow I'll, I'll fix myself and then I'll feel like it's okay to stand before God. That's one way that, that we relate to that. Because we're not allowing ourselves to experience the freedom. And then let's go to Romans 6 where we're going to see another one. Another way to do it is in Romans 6 and verse 15. It says, What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? <laughs> By no means, and actually, you know, it's, there's a funny one I just want to read before that is in um, 6.1. It says, what should we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? <laughs> so since grace is so awesome, why don't we just go out and go crazy? Because the truth is, is, is because Jesus Christ paid the price, we can do that. God actually made it that way. How, talk about love and freedom. That's freedom. It really is. There's a, I did a teaching a, a few months ago called You Can Sin All You Want To. And that's the truth. The reality is you, God has given you Christ Jesus that you get to choose. Absolutely. So what this scripture is saying is saying, should we do it? Because then we'll get more grace. That'd be awesome. Right? Or just because we've got grace, should we just go run amok and, you know, you can is the truth. But it says in verse 2, yeah, it says it's stupid. <laughs> it, it's just a couple of places. It's, you can get to do that if you want. It says, but in verse 2, by no means. We died to sin. How can we live it in it any longer? And then in verse, if we go over to the 615, it's the same thing. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under the grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. So what it's saying is sin imprisoned us and has always imprisoned us. The whole reason of sin, we have this tendency to look at sin like you're not supposed to do it because God doesn't like it. Like, that that's how God's looking at it. Like, as if God kind of made up rules just for fun so he could make us obey things and tell us what we ought to be doing because he, get, you know, likes everybody to bow down and do what he wants. You know, everything written in the Bible that is called sin is, is there because it hurts you and I. It causes some kind of harm to us. Even the ones that are causing harm to other people 
cause great harm to us. There's no such thing as, as any sin that is not harmful to us. So that's living in the prison. That's like the, sit, like the skit. You get to. You can stay in jail if you want to. But why would you want to? If it's the sin that caused you to be imprisoned to begin with and be destructive in your life, you get to do it, but why? It's a false freedom. Sometimes we tell ourselves that we're going to just do whatever we want and that that's freedom. It is not freedom. It's the opposite of freedom. You get to do whatever you want, but if you live that out, you're going to be in bondage, not in freedom. Do you see? It's kind of a weird, kind of paradoxical, kind of fools you a little bit. But that's, uh, that's a big part of what that skit was about, of staying in the prison and just going, I get to stay here. I get to stay locked up by the things that have destroyed my life. You can. You can choose that. But, but, there, but this is what God's saying. It leads to slavery. Any sin leads to your own slavery, your own imprisonment. So you get to choose it. But why would you want to? So that, that's how we stay in jail, too, and think that somehow that's freedom. Let's go to Mark. Because I think the thing is in this amazing time, we've spent some wonderful time talking about what Jesus Christ gave us and his sacrifice. You know, God did that and Jesus did that for love, not for us to feel bad. It's not the whole purpose of it. Is not, it's a sad thing, like hearing about the, the torture and all that Christ did and his suffering is so sad and moving and shocking, the torture that he endured. But the reason that there's so much detail about it is not so that we feel bad, it's actually so we feel loved. And so that God wants us to know that we're worth it, that that's how much he cares for us, that we are worth it to him. And so we want to live in that. We want to live in that freedom and in what he accomplished. And God wants us to. It's not to make us feel guilty at all. It's to make us feel cared about and valued because that's exactly how God thinks of all of us. And it's not like he's stupid and doesn't see who we are and all of our failings. He does see that. But that's why he gave his only begotten son because you and I could never pay for those things. But Jesus Christ could. So I want to I want to read the record of the resurrection uh, in Mark 16. And in verse 1 it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. <laughs> Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. It is not, he is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. 
They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterwards, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and for their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. It's funny because Jesus talked about this for so long. It's prophesied and all kinds of other things, but... uh, uh, but that they had such a hard time believing. And there, some of the other Gospels have different details about it. Um, they, you know, ha- in Luke, they have the whole story of the, of the guys on the road to Emmaus and how he opened the scriptures to them. Uh, but I, what I wanted to pick this because this kind of, this particular um, record talks about why he did it. In verse 15, it said, he says, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe, it says, will be condemned. Or it's probably better uh, as judged. Will appear before the judgment. In verse 17, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will, place their, they will place their hands on the sick people, and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. When the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that he accompanied it. This is just a little teeny taste of what Christ's death and resurrection brought about. It says that as all that it takes now, because Jesus paid the price to cleanse us from all sin and all unrighteousness, that all that it takes is to believe, it says in Romans, that if you confess with your mouth as Jesus is Lord and believe God raised him from the dead, in that, in that moment it says that God puts Holy Spirit, his gift of Holy Spirit inside of you, that you are born again and become a child of God and have eternal life. And, and it says also in the Bible that that Holy Spirit, the gift that we have of being born again, is so amazing that if Satan knew, he wouldn't have crucified Jesus. That's how powerful that is. God wants us to know. God wants us to know that we belong to him, that we, that we are his children, and not to be ashamed. He gave All of this was done so that we could stand before God and before the Lord Jesus Christ, white as snow, cleansed by his blood, absolutely white, all of our sins washed clean, and that we could stand before him and become children of God. God wanted to have a family. God wanted children. Just the way that parents, if you've got good parents, want to have children to have someone to love. You know, but God is all good and all love and wanted us to be belong to him and wanted us to be able to be his children. And this is the purpose of the resurrection. This is why there's so much victory in the fact that Jesus Christ is not dead. He is risen. He is risen. God got him up. And so every single person throughout it, that, that wants to has access. 
There is no price you pay. He's no discriminator of people or anything else. It's a free gift to all. I want to do this because it is kind of exciting. Anybody feel closer to, to Jesus Christ as a result of spending some time in the scriptures talking about what he gave? You know, I know for me, it's really touched my heart deeply where I, you know, I love, you know, we've been seven weeks now um, walking through the records of our Lord and Savior and all that he gave. And so I wanted to have an opportunity for anybody that, who would like to. I want to give an opportunity for anyone that has a desire to either commit, them, commit your life to Jesus Christ, if it's the first time, or to recommit. Some of you have walked with Jesus and know Jesus. But in honor of him today, and an honor of giving him praise and glory. Um, you know, I want to have an opportunity where if anybody would like to, in your heart, if you feel moved to take a step towards Jesus and in, in your relationship with him, to take a step to becoming closer, either to receive him as your Lord and Savior, or somebody if you want to recommit your life. I know for me, there have been a few moments in my life that I've said I really have a heart to recommit my life where I've thought, well, I haven't been living for him the way that I'd like to or I haven't dedicated my life to him the way that I'd like to or as much as I'd like to. Um, and so I thought it would be appropriate given this uh, Easter Resurrection Sunday to create that opportunity. I want to pray and if we can dim the lights and whoever would like to come up and pray with me uh if you would like to do that we're going to just huddle together um you can come on up and and stand with me if everybody else that does anybody that does not want to come up will just stay and pray with us that would be awesome so i'm going to pray and if anybody would like to come stand with me you going to come stand? Come on up. Anybody would like to, come on up and be with me. This is a time. Amen. Heavenly Father, I come before you with deepest of gratitude for all that you've done for each and every one of us. You, Lord Jesus, are the love of my life and my deepest heart's desire. I pray for all of us right now. We, we ask you, Lord Jesus, we, we, we ask you to come into our lives. We're inviting you in right now because our desire is to live for you and to serve you and to give you honor and praise, Lord. Lord, we believe that you are Lord. We believe that you have risen from the dead, that you're not dead. Lord, if, if right now we give you all of us, it might not be much our lives. I, I don't feel like I have much of me to offer, but everything that I am is yours, Lord. I pray right now for each and every one of us, if you can just imagine yourself right now, giving yourself to the Lord and standing before him because Jesus Christ is right here present with us to say, Lord, I am yours.
I am yours. I want to live right now for you in a bigger way than I have before. In areas of my life that I've held back, I don't want to hold back, Lord. I want them to be yours. I want to stand with you. I want to walk with you. I want to hold my head proud to know that I belong to you, that I am your servant. And I want to glorify you and magnify you and help others to know who you are, Lord. Lord, help me to know about your presence more and to to let you into my heart right now. We commit our lives to you, Lord, from the top of our heads to the tip of our toes, our thought, our hearts, our emotion, our deeds. May, may we just walk with you more, Lord, in a bigger way, that we can be aware of your presence. Lord, I believe, I believe you are the Lord. I believe you're Christ. And I'm so thankful for all that you've done. Help us, Lord, help us to live that you are risen, to live in the freedom and to not walk away from you for shame, for sin that we've done, to know that you have cleansed us. We are white as snow in your eyes because of the price that you paid, Lord. So I thank you, Lord, for these things. If anybody has not received Jesus as their Lord, to say right now in your heart of hearts, Lord, I want you to be my Savior. I believe, Lord, that you are the Lord, that you are Christ. And I want to walk with you. I want to live for you. Lord, I am yours. There's nothing like your love, Lord. There's nothing like your love. It changed my life. It's changed all of our lives. May we honor you this day, Lord, because you give all, and we can't outgive you. Whatever we do for you, our lives are blessed and full and rich and meaningful because of you and all that you've done. Thank you, Lord. May we be your humble servants. May we represent you as best as we can. And, and if we fail, you love us anyway. We're just doing our best, and that's fine for you. It's okay if we slip or we fall that we can get back up every day, every moment. There's a new chance again because you've paid the price. That we don't want to run away from you because of sense of shame or guilt. That help us, Lord, to walk with you and to keep coming close to you. When we feel that, we just rebuke it and then in, rebuke Satan. In the name of Jesus Christ, and come closer to you again, Lord, in our failure, in our weakness, because you embrace us and you love us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen.